Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Streaky Lawn Podcast with new intro music this week. Woo! Caroline, what are your thoughts? I love it. All right. (laughs) We're for it. I'm ready to podcast now. And if you're listening and you love it, then you're in luck because that's what we're using from now on. (laughs) Don't (laughs) love it. Don't like it. Too bad. I don't care. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right. But we got plenty to talk about. It's just me and Caroline this week. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I better get Doing that in there, right? Great. Uh, the Hoos are coming off a couple big wins, a uh, big comeback uh, against Louisville, which everyone saw coming, I think is, is fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, at least Louisville fans did. And, and I was pretty confident at halftime they weren't going to sh- continue to shoot uh, at, at Duke uh, one-game levels or, or UMBC levels or really the levels you have to – uh, shoot at to, to often beat UVA, and they certainly did not uh, shoot that well in the second half. Uh, the Cardinals suffered a Tony uh, being held to under 20 points, only 15 points for the Cardinals at home against UVA. I'm, I'm only laughing because I, I, I read so many Louisville comments that they that this team is just in a free fall, and none of them believed that the second half of that game was going to end up as as strongly as the first half was going for them. And sure enough, the Hoos pulled it out uh, behind some uh, strong defensive play on the road. I The thing with that game that is still so bonkers to me is just the – so Louisville in the first half hit 10 threes, right? So it was like 10 – they had 37 points – 10 for 16, I think, in the first. Um, one two-pointer. Yeah, one two-pointer. So they had 30 points of their 37 from three, and then they had five points from the free throw line and two points. And that two-pointer came with like a minute and a half left in the game, right? in the <laughs> first half, right? So it wasn't right. even like – and then you flip it, and I, I talked to Braxton Key yesterday after the Georgia Tech game. Um, and was kind of asking him about the um, like feeling, like the vibe around the team. Like, were they pretty confident, like in being able to come back? Because they always look super chill, and it's been that way for several years. Like, at no point when they were even down twelve to start the second half did they look like rattled or whatever. 
Um, and I can think like, of one game they looked right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I get other than that. But like, you know, like most of the time they're just like, Woo, all right, cool. Um, they knew what they had to do to get it done. But he was like, how many, did, I mean, they had, what, 10 threes? We, we were 0 for 11. So like Virginia went 0 for 11, zero points from three. And we're only down 10 somehow. Like to get outscored 30 to zero from beyond the arc is not only like such an anomaly statistically for Virginia basketball, but like just so random. Um, and so just to have them come back, even still shooting two for 17, both, well, I still think it should have been three, but whatever, that's cool. Um, that one from DeAndre looked like it was a three-pointer, but that's fine. Three for 18 isn't necessarily that much better, so it's not right. really. Um, to come back, it was similar to, and Braxton Key said this too, similar to the first Duke game where they found ways to score. And that yeah. should be comforting for Virginia fans. Because yeah, absolutely. Because it's not a live by the three, die by the three. They found ways. And Tony Bennett knows how to use his lineups, folks. Like, who did you see in there? Who just started the second half? Like, Jay Huff was outstanding. Diakite was outstanding. He plays the matchups and makes them work. And I thought it was outstanding coaching from Tony Bennett. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I, they have to find the scoring even when their defense is playing well. And so, so for so many years we've had that, well, we're going to buckle down on defense and see where the scoring catches us up. And yeah. it has always been there. And sure. so far this year, I mean, I know they lost the Duke games, but it, it, the, the scoring was there. Really, it was yeah. the, the, the inability to keep Duke from scoring. But what we saw against Louisville, we always talk about how – they've got the big three and they need a fourth off in this yep. in these close games. When this game, two of the big three, Kyle and Ty were pretty terrible. Uh, terrible <laughs> shooting, but did contribute. Like yeah, they I mean, played hard. Yeah. And I'm talking literally scored. Yeah. Yep. Um, they, they weren't doing that. And Deandre finished with 26 points. So he's, he's two of grown, the four. Right grown, there. grown ass he, man. He went in and picked game. up two spots. And then we had Huff and Diakite fill in uh, the other two spots. Huff with 12 points. I mean, an obvious spark, you know, in, in the second half, I think uh, it, it completely turned the game. Um, yeah. Fans will say um, that the, the foul call uh, completely turned the game. That was, to me, just a string of, of UVA benefiting things, uh, most of which were UVA making shots and stopping little. Yeah. The there, it was the call itself was not game changing. I will not, I will, I just won't entertain that because it was a two point game, like with however many minutes, like plenty of time left. Yeah. The overreaction to what is like a blown call in the normal thing, like that, this stuff happens all the time in basketball yeah. games. Refs are human. It's gone against Virginia. It's helped Virginia. Like, yeah. this happens. For Chris Mack to absolutely lose his shit like that, and I will say he got his money's worth, and he got four F-bombs at Jamie Lucky before getting <laughs> teed up, which I say is a good transaction. Right, yeah. Um, if you want to point anything, your coach overreacting to a normal, close, like, was Mamadi's heel down? I think he was probably in it. But, like, one, I don't want reviews thrown everywhere. I barely like the reviews that we have now. Right, right. Two... This shit happens all the time. Like, just missed calls or things that don't get whistled, things that do get whistled that weren't necessarily fouls. Like, DeAndre Hunter sat on the bench for most of the first half because he got foul called for a bullshit... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. this stuff happens all the time. Your coach overreacting to a normal play in basketball 
is what if you want to say change the game like i will that i will allow yeah I mean, your team only scored 15 points in the second half. Like, your your team lost. And and so uh, to blame a bad call for changing the game seems Yeah, you already lost your lead. Right. You already lost your 12-point lead. I will say, I don't don't think, like, Mac was unjustified in blowing up in in that vein that we've seen technical fouls. You know, that, that whole idea of a coach putting it out there for his team and protecting his team and, and letting sure. him know that, you know, he's not going to stand for this shit. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it sparks, yeah. you know, your guys. Um, Where it was, a, team it is was a bad call for sure. So if, if, if he thinks getting a technical, which he obviously was trying to do or knew he was going to do in, in the way he reacted, is, is worth that spark, then, then fine, whatever. Um, where, where that team is mentally, though, yeah. Like, I don't think there are times 100% agree with you that like get seeing a coach get fired up and has your back, like that can fire you up. I think with where Louisville is like psyche wise, it just like compounded the issue. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, we should, now we should they're four points behind, like, you know, the, uh, their last stretch of games, they've eight, eight past games is a loss to UNC, a win in Blacksburg loss uh, to, uh, to in Tallahassee, uh, which they blew a lead at the end of that game. A one point win at Clemson, which Clemson had every Clemson opportunity had to win. Yeah. Uh, getting blown out at Syracuse, this loss uh, blowing a lead against UVA, and then they just lost to Boston College. So mm. they have been on the like they're a lock for they for the NCAA tournament. If they lose to Notre Dame, they might not. Be, they might have to be embarrassingly removed from the lock category because yeah, yeah. With, they only have Notre Dame and Virginia left, right? Yeah. And then, so if they, they they could very reasonably, with the way they've been playing, lose both. Be now you're looking nine. at a situation where they could be in an ACC tournament game that doesn't do them any good if they win it. Right. Um, and then they could lose again to – or they could lose that first round game. If they're in the eight nine game, they could lose that game too. Right. So, so worst case, being, yeah. they're actually nine and ten on Selection Sunday in ACC play, which they they're probably going to make it even with that. But you know, that's only because there aren't that many other good bubble teams. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that is a terrible, a terrible stretch. Well, and especially I think we had a little bit of fool's gold with Louisville because they their the start of their conference play was very weak. And so they built this entire like look at Louisville, they're cruising. And they have good players. Like they, they won that UNC. State. Yeah, and they blew out UNC, like mm-hmm. dominated UNC. I still have no idea how that happened, right? So then they hit the meat of their schedule and that's when those like and I do everyone tells me never to feel bad for Louisville because then we get like the tweets yeah. that are like strippers um, but um, <laughs> part of me is like these these are just college kids that like it just compounds and it, it it's as a just like observer of the game not like oh I'm a Virginia fan but like as someone like watching college basketball like that's it's just it's it's tough to see this group of like t- like 18 19 20 year olds that are so far in their heads that you can see it, the Duke game was the, obviously the ultimate example of this. Like they played hot potato keep away because not yeah. one of them wanted the ball because they were too afraid of messing it up. Yeah. And that's, it's tough to see a team play like that. Yeah. Like well, it's, he's not their coach. You know, most of these guys weren't yeah. recruited um, by Mac. I, I, I think Mac has every, 
uh, resume building uh, aspect to say he's a good coach. You know, we, we know Chris Mack is a good coach, but if he's not a fit for you, when the going gets tough and he seems to be a bit of a hard ass, you know. Well, did you see the video last night of him looking like he said mm-hmm. there are a bunch of effing pussies? <laughs> you know? I, and you're like, oh, shit, man. Like, that's, that's a tough look for my guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't play a basketball. So, so, but I, I think it's not that far off what – normal coach speak you know i think most coaches are getting uh gonna yell at you and curse at you um maybe not show you throwing them under the bus on national television (laughs) you know that that's 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 reading you know very obviously reading your lips uh sitting yeah and that was a tough timing by that cameraman yeah right <laughs> like he was like just trying to show him like oh here he's looking upset because boston college is about to beat louisville and then it was like oh ooh. anyway t- tough stretch for the the cardinals who i mean they still they obviously can play well and still have that resume building uh type of win in charlottesville ahead of them if they could pull it off next weekend um but so far not looking likely so maybe I think you're right ACC tournament they might have to win a couple games to really feel good about not not making the NCAA tournament but not dropping so far in their national seating um certainly could be a big deal and he he and coach Mack was like lead favorite for ACC coach of the year in my opinion and now like (laughs) I I mean I my top three are probably and people are gonna hate me but Buzz Williams Tony Bennett Roy Williams in that order yeah, I uh, think that sounds because Buzz is basically holding that team together like MacGyver, um, and they were able to pull off the upset of Duke, which yeah. was an interesting game. He's but. gonna love the Texas job. I know he's gonna have so much fun because <laughs> uh, Texas, speaking of Shocker Smart in Texas, they gave up like a seventeen-point lead um, last night to Baylor. So, I know. All right, um, the Who's also. Uh, pulled it out last night uh, to, against Georgia Tech. Uh, they Dominated. basically beat the crap out of an inferior <laughs> opponent, which is always nice to see. Uh, yeah. They did not play down to the level. And, they, you know, Georgia Tech has won a few games and has – I like Banks. That guy was pretty good. Um, yeah, he is. Guy, um, despite his T-shirt, uh, <laughs> he, he was pretty good. Alvarado is very quick, which always gives uh, UVA, the pack line, some – some issues. Yeah, Gay, Abdullah Gay, he mm-hmm. has some nice moves too. Um, yeah. They're just yeah. pretty raw. Like their defense is interesting. Virginia played it really well. They rotated really well. They passed the ball really well. Yeah. Um, and so, but that's a defense that has held um, a lot of good teams to not a lot of points. Duke only scored uh, 66 on him, Carolina 77, Florida State 59. Um, and Virginia over 80 again, so 81 points um, for that 30 last Virginia eclipsing Slow. the 80 mark again. 60 possession game. Um, actually, that was their lowest possession game of the season and scored 81 points. My so. goodness. Efficient. Sorry, that was Georgia Tech's lowest possession. Gotcha. Um, and definitely not Virginia's. But uh. oh, It's nice to see them play uh, well against the zone. Uh, I know all these zones are, are a little different, uh, particularly Louisville's 
one three one. But yeah, you know, hitting corner threes with regularity against his own bodes well for the ability to score against Syracuse. Yeah, and I mean, again, Hunter was outstanding. Ty Jerome in a great second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I got. I mean, we got to give props to our dude, Kihei Clark. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last, no, I mean, the we last all team. want him. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm let's not, not say I'm all. Not the biggest <laughs> Kihei hater out there, but no, yeah, you're not. I mean, like, like him to score. What, you know, when he, we want it to go <laughs> in. <laughs> but I'm saying to the, I, it was very uh, interesting that I saw like zero next to zero complimentary tweets of Kihei yet everyone likes to let the internet know when they think he's trash um he is now it's easier has, to tweet during away games yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> he has One 10 point. assists and no turnovers in the last two games and nice. if you go back to the duke game he since the six turnover fiasco against miami where he played um almost all the game he has 17 assists and three turnovers um and it was nice to see him get a he was perfect two for two on three pointers last night against georgia tech after going oh for eight coming into the game and he hit a one uh two pointer so i think just a really 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 solid game for him um and really all the way around only back to doing the thing where they don't turn the ball over a lot um back-to-back games now a single digit yeah i mean that's got to be number one Number yeah. two is 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 getting the ball to the scores, and number three is if he's wide open, being able to convert um, yeah. for a few shots a game, and he he did all that, which was awesome. Yeah, and what he said too is, you know, the guys. Luckily, hopefully, they all stay off Twitter. Um, but that he's learning no a lot they from stay off Twitter. He's learning a lot from Ty Jerome. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty's taken over the kind of mentorship role and Ty always tells him like we believe in you to shoot the ball so luckily he's not getting his advice from angry UVA Twitter sure. um, to but, get on the bench and not play anymore you know that kind of stuff but I think Ty's um, sort of rebound in, in his shooting display was uh, really nice to see yes. he just seemed to have that what we associate with Jerome that sort of calm steady but also creative you know ability to get the um to score a bucket in the lane was was awesome and they shot well uh from deep 52 percent or 52.9 percent uh as a team uh key was getting in there he went two for three from three um once again when we talk of fourth scoring option if key or key hey or both of them can make their open looks from deep it just really that's how that's how uva ends up scoring 80 points which you know is like a hundred points for some other some faster teams. So it's yeah. like a billion points for a normal team. I don't. Know. Yeah, it it it's so critical to see that they are adaptable, and it's what we've been doing the past few weeks. Is this team just keeps winning in winning in in different ways. Uh, and yeah, and that's where people should be confident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you um, know, who knows what eight nine matchup is going to throw some some weird zone. You yeah, know, to try and mix it up, like they're they're showing that they can face uh, things that they're not used to and still pull it out when they need to, even when they're not shooting well. Yeah, but they were I shooting guess, well against Georgia yeah. Tech, so it's sort of coasting. Yeah, one point three five points per possession when you hold the opponent to point eight five, that'll get it done every day. The way can we talk about Jay Huff's uh, attempted uh, under uh, you know, whatever you call the the rotational. Uh, reverse layup, I think, is what I'm looking for. That oh, when he was, like dropped it. 
No, 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 not the reverse dunk. I'm talking about the miss. So he's in the lane oh, and comes into his right hand and switches it to his left and so, so goes, tries to circle under uh, yeah. to the opposite side. It was hilariously awful. <laughs> 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 uh, in these moments where we have amusing, like like Mamadi's Miss Dunk. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's getting my hilarious moment of the game. Although the bench celebration for his awesome dunk, uh, not Ryan the Martin. reverse dunk, which was also awesome, but the, the one in the lane that was just a sort of a rim shattering, uh, forceful dunk, the bench celebration was pretty great, including yeah. I saw, I think Jamie Oaks tweeted a gif of, uh, of Mamadi reacting by chugging his water (laughs) which is a new one but they've all adopted the guitar solo that Francisco um, started? Yeah, I don't know if Francisco started. Uh, yeah, that's the, the more notable one. I believe it was in Chapel Hill. But the it's sort of like an Elvis hip-shaking. Yeah. Um, it's not like a rock and roll <laughs> guitar. It's, it's more like a, a I don't strum. know. Yeah, yeah with like a sassy I have to compile thing. as many uh, examples of it as possible. I saw Dixon do it, or Nixon do it um, yeah. last night at least once. Uh, speaking of which, I was happy to see the depth, um, you know, the, the third string guys get out there yeah. for some extended play. I would have liked to see them earlier. Uh, you know, there was Braxton's breakaway dunk foul made me uh, scared. Uh, yeah, there just, was definitely a point where I was like, just I don't even care if you blow a 20 point lead. Nobody get hurt. How's in the lane like banging around for rebounds up 25, which obviously they're all gonna do like you can't he has no turn off switch yeah right exactly you can't be like hey um i'm gonna leave you in for four more minutes but don't jump don't (laughs) don't don't change direction too quickly or or run too hard so i don't know i i think marco is clearly physically ready so any issues that, that must be out there whether it be uh, I want to keep the rotation shorter because I like it that way. Whether it be he's not ready offensively or not ready defensively, we, we're not too sure what it is because we haven't seen him play with the ones enough to really know. But it's got to be a mixture of one of those of those three things, right? Yeah, yeah. What, and I whatever offense, but whatever the reason is, if it is offense or anything, you can clearly stick him out there, and he's not going to give up. You know, like it's not like having a walk on, or it's not like right. having, um, you know. So we saw Statman struggle with the defense. You know, Statman. like Statman, yeah. You can you can throw him out there, and he looks like he belongs at least physically. So I've I've just wanted to see that extra depth at the guard position. So it's nice to see a little bit of it. I would have liked to play Marco more in a blowout, um, maybe even in the first half. I know why they're not. I'm just voicing my frustrations because I would like to see it would make me feel more comfortable about the the depth we have uh, yeah at court I just yeah sometimes and then it's you know I don't know yeah I can see that I'm glad to see them get in the game obviously it means you're kicking ass um the one of the things that I want to touch on because it's been a trend lately is Jack Salt becoming more of the actual role people player that people expect from him you know i've been clamoring um, for is that yeah, sure i guess that's a good way to put it um also apologies for the construction going on in the background but um the last since the duke game where he played 23 minutes against unc he played 10 mm-hmm. notre dame 13 virginia tech 13 all of which were in the first half no 
sorry, Louisville, he played five, all of which were in the first right, half. Right, right, right. And then 12 against Georgia Tech. So a couple of things to take away. Um, it's obviously a significant decrease. He did not start against Georgia Tech. Um, it looked at times that they were like applying some stuff to his back. So maybe he's still yeah. having a little stiffness and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but what I, there's a couple things I take away from this one. Again, it's a, a shout out to Tony Bennett for playing matchups, for realizing what's working, especially again, that Louisville game. Like this is why I get frustrated and people say like, Ooh, how dare we criticize Tony Bennett? This is the type of thing that like, this is why I give coach Bennett the benefit of the doubt. Like, obviously like I don't agree with necessarily the taking people out with two fouls thing. Like there are things that I would be like, Oh, that's an interesting choice. But I think at a certain point, it's not about not criticizing him. It's about realizing that like this coach has put Virginia in the position to win 25 games and has only lost two. And it's been consistently like that for several seasons. So there's a sense of like, okay, maybe I don't know better about what lineup should be in. And while he can be stubborn, especially starting second halves, I think that's been different lately. Um, he started the second half Louisville with the guys that I think Jay Huff started the second half with Mamadi and DeAndre and Kyle and Ty, I think is what it was. But anyway, back to Jack Salt. Um, I was thinking about it. And if you go back to, so Jack Salt has been here. Um, let's go all the way back here. So he redshirted his first year. Yeah, it's about 17 years. Uh, His first time seeing action was in the 2016 season, right? Um, So he was a redshirt first year behind the likes of Anthony Gill, Mike Toby, Isaiah Wilkins. So there was depth. He came in as a role player, right? He was, didn't play a lot of minutes. Um, 8% of the minutes, right? So then you go to the next year, if we all remember, I will get on this Austin Nichols messed up lineups for the years thing. Austin Nichols was supposed to be on that team, right? With um, Isaiah Wilkins. Diakite was a redshirt first year. And so Jack Salt would have played a little bit more, but there's other players there, right? He got forced into action. He got forced into action by default. Okay. So then he becomes a starter. Same started like every game in 2018 because the same thing, they're supposed to have Austin Nichols. That's a tough position to like, unless you get a grad transfer, which I think they were trying to do, but just stuff didn't work out. Um, You don't have, like, you just don't have as many people and he had to play. Now that there's more depth and guys like Jay Huff and Mamadi are growing into who they can be as players and providing more offense than Jack can do. He's falling into this role that he was supposed to play all along. Right. And so I feel, and everyone knows my take on Jack and I'm a big fan with the intangibles and all the stuff he brings. Um, I was just thinking about it instead of being like maligned big man that everyone, you know, a couple years ago, I remember some people in the comments being like, this guy should transfer. He's, he's not an ACC player. He would have been such a legend, you know, like the, the legend of Jack Salt would have been if he came off the bench and provided minutes like he did last night where he's like playing tough defense and diving. There was one sequence where he dove to the ground. Again, this dude's gigantic uh 610 250 dives to the ground tips it forward to Braxton Key uh-huh. Braxton pulls it out smartly pulls it out cuz like the breakaway was like the guy was right there um ball gets loose he might have turned it, he might have been close to turning it over but keeps it alive tips it back out they make two passes and it ends in a, a three pointer like those type of plays is like what would make Jack Salt a legend <laughs> like yeah. he's the guy that comes off the bench gives you like 10 to 13 minutes a game of just pure brawn and hustle and 
just all of that stuff. And then he goes back to the bench and everyone's like, yeah, Jack Salt. And instead, yeah. like, people are the demanding him universe. to play less. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it too, like, taking it too seriously. But in this alternate universe, like, <laughs> he's just, he, this is why I say when people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't praise someone for just doing what they're asked to do or told to do or whatever. Um, but he's come in and he's even said in interviews, I think it was with Brad Franklin at Cavs Corner, that, like, he, when he came here, he didn't expect to play. <laughs> Like, he's just this kid from New Zealand coming to a power five school that's on the rise constantly in the top 10. And there's a re- he's one of the reasons that Virginia's constantly been in the top 10. I don't know. I just find it really fascinating. Um, so I feel, I, I mean, I'm happy when he comes in. I don't think the way things are clicking right now, Virginia really loses that much because he can set screens and he has the hustle plays. Um, but anyway, that's my like random journey I went on. Right. I want to talk about DeAndre a little bit. Um, you know, we, we did reference that he, he's picked it up in scoring recently, um, but it's really, I think, all coming back to what we were saying at the beginning of the year, we wanted to see him take over uh, in aspects, um, whether things are getting tough and you need that guy to take over or just to be the one scoring option to run the offense through to, to establish you know the, the the tempo or the strategy yeah. that they want for that for that game, and we've seen it. Um, he's just been really good. <laughs> and outside of uh, getting yanked for some fouls in the first half, it's been uh, great to watch him be comfortable in that role. Uh, not that those fouls, I think, were anything other than just playing basketball and sometimes fouls get called on you and then your coach really yanks you for the rest of the first half. Luckily you know, it was at the like, like minute two, 30. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, he's such a good defender. Um, and, but, but to be this, this 20 point a game uh, or at least the high teens in a lot of these games is such yeah. a, a critical part for him. I think you see, the evidence that this team deserves to be a one seed nationally because they have this, start they have the suffocating defense they have some great playmakers but they also have an nba caliber scorer and i i think that's what you need to to make a deep run usually and they have it knock on wood so i know we all know this i just we gotta i gotta throw it out there in the universe (laughs) that that this is so far so good uh for deandre in the acc play it is funny how it is so almost coincided with ACC play that he really started to uh, focus on that role of being uh, the guy. So good to see. Um, other shout outs. I mean, Kyle guy uh, doing what he can on the I, rebounding. Just about I everybody. It's just been hilarious and yeah. excellent. I, uh, just about everyone has been, if, if they're not contributing somewhere, whether, you know, if they can't, if they're not contributing shooting one day, then they're working their asses off with rebounding or assists or whatever else. It just, it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'd shout out to almost everyone. I don't, I mean, everyone's had, you know, Mamadi is continuing to have three blocks a game or more. Three or four blocks a game. It is awesome. It is terrible. I, after seeing it, I liked it when I saw it the first time. After seeing it in person, I love it more. It was funny to see him. Talk about a guy it. with similar hair That's in the Georgia true. Tech game. Um, uh, and the yeah. Instagrams have been very funny from his teammates. 
playing Cisco. So he went with his girlfriend. I don't know if anyone saw it. We asked him about it last night because um, he did it before the Louisville game. So I was like, you can't get away from us. Like, oh, you asked him specifically about how did this yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah. And so what he had said was, uh, it was a great story. He did it once when he was playing soccer in Guinea when he was a kid. And he had always thought about like, oh, I think I want to do a part two is what he called it. And like, he finally was like, I don't know when I want to do it, whatever. And he was just kind of feeling it. His girlfriend was going to get her hair done. He's like, oh, I can go get, I can go do the tint is what he called it, tint. Um, uh-huh. And so he, the first time he did it, his dad didn't like it. And he like shaved it off after like a week or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and so he went and did it and then showed up the next morning, like didn't tell any of his teammates, didn't send any pictures or anything like uh-huh. that, but showed up to lift with his new hair. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> um, Kie and Key said that the team actually like, that they actually liked it. So they have been ribbing him on social media and joking around, but that he said, they've all said like, yeah, no, everyone really likes it. And he was like, I didn't like it at first, but it's really grown on me. Like it works with him. Um, mm. And then he said that he had to take a picture and send it to his parents before the Louisville game mm. so that they wouldn't see it for the first time on TV, <laughs> which I thought was like the cutest thing that I've ever funny. heard. Um, and then he also said that if Coach Bennett didn't like it, he would have shaved it off, which I thought was like the cutest thing in the world. So uh, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's fun. Why not? You know? Um, sure. So. <laughs> I, by, by awful, I just mean that it looks awful. <laughs> I don't care what he wants his hair to look like. Oh, man. Um, I think it looks great. Make your awful hair decisions in college. I think that's perfectly appropriate (laughs) i think it's fun and i think if any actually if anyone pulls it off it's it's momity like momity can pull it off he does have a fitting personality for for sure yeah let's talk a little (laughs) bit about the acc uh duke uh losing uh in blacksburg uh without zion uh is somewhat of an asterisk but i i think you know zion is a joke at this point because of espn coverage i do think it's interesting that they have looked pretty bad uh without him Uh, yeah we know he's he's one of the best players if not the you know known best player in the country he's a spectacle he's an amazing presence and and physical player uh he he rarely shoots well (laughs) from outside (laughs) from what i can tell but he's an amazing scorer when he gets you know full head of steam we know why zion's great you would think duke would be able to to play still at a strong level without them. And they've shown that they not necessarily, it's certainly not as strong, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if you surprised, obviously, and here's the thing. So losing a player like Zion is tough because no one in the country can do what Zion does. Right. Right. So he's, it's not like a one for one, like, Oh, they still have, you know, the number two and number three picks in the NBA draft. On the other hand, they still have the number two and number three picks in the NBA draft, right. plus Trey Jones. That team, so if, so say Zion went to Clemson, right? Right. The team that Duke has right now would still be a top five preseason team. Right. Like, right. this team should be – so they won against – that was the Syracuse game that they won on the road and picked up that win. Lost to Tech at Tech. The, the issue for me is it's the continual – I think, and I don't know how many people agree. I don't really care, whatever. Coach K has proven himself like he's a good coach. He does. I don't hate him as much as everyone else does or whatever. I think it's shown in the last 
four or five years when he started adopting this one and done system, which if you could do it, great, good for you. It's within the rules, like do you, whatever. Um, I mean, Tony Bennett's recruited a lot of these guys. Like he was talking, trying to get Zion. Everyone's going to try and get Zion. Like it's just, it is what it is. He just happens to get these guys and it's turning over now. But consistently this argument with Duke has been that they don't have any depth and that's just bullshit. And that's where I get mad because they have more, Five, four, and five stars sitting on the bench than most of te- most of the other teams have all together. Bolden, so, Baker, Goldwire would all be starters, on, you know, on most yes. ACC teams, or if not playable depth. So what this says to me is just more glaring. Jack that- White sucks. He doesn't play. <laughs> he does not suck. He just missed twenty eight straight. Yeah, um, you know who missed twenty eight straight shots in a row. Players, players who suck. suck. Yeah. <laughs> he does other stuff on the court. He's everywhere. He's being tries hard and he sets screens. <laughs> I'm shocked. This is, this is groundbreaking. <laughs> but you have these guys, and it's been this way consistently. He's not developing these players on the bench. And then yeah. they have something like this happen, and I'm supposed to feel sorry for them. And I don't. Because if you give – I just – it's – the – the game against Virginia Tech, Tech played very well. They shot well. They defended very well. Mm-hmm. Guys like R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett is flourishing in this Zionless world, and he flourished with Zion. So that's not even like – really, if anyone has a chance to make themselves look better in this whole situation, I think it's Cam Reddish. And I don't necessarily think that he's done that. I'd have to look up the numbers. but He shoots better than R.J. does. Yeah, but R.J. gets like – he creates and he does shoot a lot they all shoot a lot it just showed some of the like they don't play as a team it was very much like it feels more and more like it's the roll out the balls and just let them shoots better than rj back a little bit uh cam reddish was two for 11 at syracuse so yeah he's streaky he was was very streaky he was was obviously good against against nc state but good against unc and and good against against uva yeah and, and obviously lights out both of them yeah. lights out against yeah okay. it's just i i uh, i don't feel sorry for them no losing zion not. i mean it sucks i want zion to come back because he's a good player he seems like a good kid he seems out of the one and dones they've had and this is all from outside perspective whatever to be the one that really enjoys playing college basketball the most <laughs> like he's the guy that like puts it all out there he could have on that chase that that block that he had on deandre shot like I, I every time i see it i keep thinking about it where it's like he didn't have to sprint three quarters of the way across the court to try and block that shot there were players closer than him that didn't try and step to deandre and block that shot <laughs> yeah but zion's trying to block that shot there just was a feeling of eh when they played against Tech, like it was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to take this shot because it's the easiest. They didn't work the ball around well. I won't even get into. I have a whole. I'm just like I understand that Coach K and his players like they talk about situations in which they would pull a red shirt uh, for Joey Baker in this situation. Since they pulled his red shirt on February 23rd with five games left, and Zion predicted to come back at some point before the season ends. Uh, Joey Baker's played two games, a combined six minutes, three of which came when he was basically foul fodder to pick up fouls against Syracuse to end the first half. He's taken two shots. He's missed both, airballed one. They have the audacity to call him Joey Buckets from their official Twitter account. Whoa. <laughs> which, oh. I did not <laughs> see that. These indecisive good sirs. Yeah, that is, that is terrible. Um, so it's just kind of like I see some of these things and it's just like, what's going on? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of questions in Durham uh, to be answered, and, and certainly the biggest one is: Is Zion going to come back and play? You got to think yes, or they would have said I, something. But yeah. uh, you know, we we don't know what's going on medically or even strategically. Maybe sure. maybe they are just pausing to wait and see. Um, they don't play UNC again until March 9th. so there's still yeah. you know that's that's, that's still plenty of time uh, before that big game. They've got Clemson. Uh, or no, UNC has Clemson and BC before that. What I did want to talk about the other top ACC team is clearly UNC, yeah. who after that early blowout to Louisville has only lost one game, and that's uh, against Virginia, who just historically, the like the way these teams play, UVA wins uh, when all things are considered equal. I just think they, the UVA is just a bad design team for UNC. It's just yeah. how, how it seems to be. Um, UNC has beat the brakes off a bunch of teams, including FSU um, and some lesser ACC opponents. But they made Louisville look terrible. We already talked about how that's been yeah. happening. And they made Virginia Tech look terrible. Uh, and Duke look terrible. I mean, Duke yeah. looked awful against Carolina. Uh, you know, again, yeah, and I'm more willing uh, to allow them a little more leeway in that game because like, the moment you lose – like if you lose a player at the beginning of the game – like that's a bigger impact for that game than if you have a week to prepare or days to prepare, like whatever. Um, but the way that they've looked like again, against Syracuse was not super clean mm-hmm. against, you know, if they don't get six, three pointers from Sounds Alex like your Obama, house is filled with bees. I know. I'd be like, <laughs> Ugh, it's the worst. Um, but yeah. And UNC has shown, I think that that was again a really good win by Virginia on the road. Mm-hmm. UNC is coming into form and they've got good players and they also can overcome a couple of their big guys not playing well. Like Kobe White at um at Duke was not great. He was uh, pretty bad actually. But you got play from, you know, big old Luke Bay. Cam Johnson has been so consistent. He's one of the five guys I'd put on first team all ACC. Mm-hmm. Um and they've been consistent, so it's uh um, so uh, yeah, they're good. Virginia right now is in the driver's seat for that one seed in the ACC tournament. So anything yeah, that yeah, they can do nice. to keep UNC and Duke the two three, yeah, um, I think that's going to be. I couldn't, I couldn't root for Virginia Tech to beat Duke just because I, yeah, I can't root for the home team in those situations. I want all those fans on TV to go oh, <laughs> happy. Uh, Tech did pull it out uh, and showed. I mean, e- even the way they pulled it out because Duke stormed back a little. You know, yeah, they, like, they it, tied it, was, it up and. Blackshear is just really good. And, he's, and, he's also on my first team All ACC team. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, anyway, it, it was obviously beneficial for the Who's, so not the end of the world for my uh, rooting interests. Um, but the Who's next game is against the worst team in the ACC. Uh, definitively, uh, dear listeners, please check the power rankings. It is the Pittsburgh Panthers. And they're coming to town on Saturday. Uh, and then a, a tricky turnaround road trip, getting up to Syracuse just two days later, uh, big Monday in the Carrier Dome uh, against a team that has given Virginia issues from time to time uh, over the years. So obviously that is no gimme there. And then they have a handful of days off um, before the senior day. Louisville, we'll be back to talk about that senior day, what that could mean uh, in terms of departures. Um, because I think uh, we should be anticipating more than Jack and more than DeAndre. Uh, but look look for that next week. 
Um, if you are uh, listening to us on our embedded player on the website, uh, there is a little subscribe uh, button that will take you to a ton of options. So we have gotten some questions about subscribing. We are on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and the such. And you can find us if the search uh, via iTunes or whatever isn't working. You can definitely find us by hitting that subscribe button on the embedded player. It'll take you to all those options. So uh, make things easier for you Android users and such there. So do subscribe. Do give us a, I, I've never said this on the podcast. If you subscribe, if you want, give us a review. We, we don't have a lot. I know we, we have listeners, so that's why we're doing it. We, we have comments, so we, we enjoy talking with y'all. Um, it would be fun to collect some reviews, even if they're bad reviews. I don't give a shit. So go ahead and tell the world what you think. I just realized we've been doing this for years and I've never plugged us. So there's my one plug for reviews there. Uh, but we'll be back next week. So uh, for Caroline and the rest of us at the blog, uh, stay tuned to the blog. And uh, thanks for listening. Go Hoos. Hey.